0: Hello, and welcome to the Christ's Church Cathedral podcast. This is the sermon from our celebration of the Holy Eucharist from August twenty second, 2021, by our Dean, Tim Dobbin, recorded live from the cathedral. We hope these words will speak to your heart and mind. May the words of my lips and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I wonder how many of you have visited the Holy Land. I haven't. Uh, the picture that you see on the screen are the ruins of a 44th century synagogue at Capernaum, built on top of the site of an earlier synagogue where Jesus preached and taught. Preached and taught what we hear him preaching and teaching in this morning's gospel. I am the bread of life, Jesus declares, The first of Jesus' great I am statements in the Gospel of John. And if you're already feeling bloated when you hear Jesus claim, I am the bread of life, my guess is that you're not alone. This is the fifth straight week the lectionary has served up the bread of life discourse as it is known, which no matter how we slice it is probably starting to seem a little stale. We're going to dine out on the bread of life one last time before we return to Mark's gospel next week. Now, as I mentioned, Jesus is teaching in the synagogue at Capernaum shortly after feeding a crowd of 5,000 people and walking on water to rejoin his gobsmacked disciples in a dinghy. People are following him, and he's told them, Don't waste your energy striving for perishable food like that. The food that the Son of Man provides. He goes on to say, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. probably hard for us to imagine a statement that was more difficult for a first century Jew to choke down. Throughout the Old Testament, there are bans on eating the flesh of animals still containing blood. Now here's a human being saying to those gathered that as the bread of life, he wants them to eat his flesh. Now when they protest, as they do, Jesus has every opportunity to tone it down, to use language that is more spiritual. Oh, please don't take me too literally, he could have said. Only Jesus doesn't take this route. He goes on to say, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. I mean, really? And the words Jesus uses in the Greek are even more challenging. When Jesus invites people to eat his flesh, he uses the Greek verb trogo, not estio, which is the usual word when we as humans eat. Trogo describes how animals eat, the way we might eat if we were gnawing on a drumstick at Thanksgiving supper. Unless you gnaw on the flesh of the Son of Man. In other words, when his listeners screw up their faces at how graphic Jesus is being, Jesus doubles down. He intensifies the words he uses to describe just what he means. Hardly surprising then, that we learn this morning from John's gospel that because of this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. They've had enough. Jesus then turns to the twelve and he puts the question to them, so guys, what about you? You had enough too? Do you also wish to go away? It's as though Jesus teaching about offering himself to us in the most intimate and vulnerable way imaginable is just too much. It's the tipping point for some. It's Peter who does pipe up for the other apostles. Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. Now you can probably guess how the church has traditionally understood what Jesus is referring to when he talks about himself as the bread of life. That unless we eat his flesh and drink his blood, we have no life in us. Earlier in the chapter, we read that before Jesus feeds a massive crowd on a boy's picnic lunch, he takes the loaves. Give thanks and distributes them. I mean, these are the same movements we enact Sunday by Sunday when we take and bless and break and share the bread and wine in the holy meal our Lord has taught us. John's the only gospel who does not include an account of the Last Supper which Jesus shares in the upper room with his disciples. Matthew, Mark and Luke all do that. In his commentary on John, Raymond Brown remarks, And so it is. While the Synoptic Gospels, that's Matthew, Mark and Luke, record the institution of the Eucharist, how we get to celebrate communion, it's John who explains what the Eucharist does for the Christian. It's John who explains what the Eucharist does for the Christian. So so what does the Eucharist do for us? Well, I've heard the Eucharist, our main act of worship, our highest offering of praise and thanksgiving to God, described as like a diamond with many different sides to it. It's probably why we have different names for it. Eucharist, communion, the Lord's Supper, mass. Eucharist simply means thanksgiving. In the Eucharist, we are giving thanks for the whole of creation and for everything that Christ has done, God has done for us in Christ. We are festive, we celebrate. This is our weekly party. Eucharist. Communion, Holy Communion, means sharing. In Holy Communion, we are sharing with God and sharing with each other. We emphasize simplicity community and fellowship this is our family meal holy communion the Lord's Supper reminds us that we are reenacting the last supper Jesus shared with his disciples brings to mind Jesus suffering and his death for us on the cross so the emphasis is on reverence and respect and dignity. This is a sacrificial meal, the Lord's Supper. And finally, Mass reminds us that this meal we share is for a purpose. The word Mass comes from the same Latin word as mission. Missio is a Latin word, it means go. We recall that we are to take what we have received out into the world. We are blessed to be a blessing. This meal is our rations for the journey. Mass. Eucharist, communion, Lord's Supper, Mass. This this multifaceted holy mystery through which Jesus, the bread of life, encounters us, gives himself to us, and empowers us to live and to share his love. Now, of course, this meal that we're about to share virtually may touch you in any number of ways. I recall a priest sharing the story of a widow in his parish named gladys i've changed her name her husband conrad had himself been a priest and gladys had faithfully served alongside for many years now during a bible study gladys shared with her rector her favorite part of the service on a sunday morning it came at the end of the eucharistic preface when we sing the sanctus that's the part where the church on earth joins with the hosts of heaven in praising God with that unending hymn, holy, holy, holy Lord. Now Gladys knew in that moment that her beloved Conrad was right with her. That somehow the meal that you and I are about to share joined together things on earth and things in heaven. And so communion opened a window into eternity for Gladys. United her with that great cloud of witnesses of which your beloved Conrad is a part. It's one of the reasons... I love Flannery O'Connor's response to Mary McCarthy at a fancy dinner party with a group of New York intellectuals some years ago. This was at the beginning of her career. Flannery would later become one of the great Christian fiction writers of the 20th century. She was young and she was feeling so overwhelmed she barely said a word at this party. Mary McCarthy perhaps feeling sorry for Flannery, made a few innocuous comments about the Eucharist, knowing that O'Connor herself was a devout Catholic. It's a very powerful symbol, McCarthy remarked. Flannery O'Connor looked up and in a shaking voice she said, well, if it's only a symbol, To hell with it. Just the sort of comment you want at a fancy dinner party, right? This morning, Jesus again declares that he is the bread of life. That unless we gnaw on his flesh and drink on his blood, we have no life in us. He's left us this holy meal. Eucharist, communion. Lord's Supper Mass, through which as we feed on him in spiritual communion this morning, he encounters us. He meets us where we are at, assures us once again of his unfathomable love for us, just as we are, and equips us to go from wherever we are to live and to share his love. So come this morning, come to this table even if it's virtually, just as you are, and receive all that God longs to give us, so much more than we can ask or imagine. And may we go forth from this service of worship, wherever you are, refreshed, restored, and renewed to play that small but important role God has assigned each of us in healing and reconciling this beautiful and broken world that God loves so much. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a production of Christ's Church Cathedral, engineered by Eduardo Farias. For more information, go to cathedralhamilton.ca. We hope you would join us again soon. Have a blessed week!